You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, before we start, we were just having an off-microphone conversation about a movie idea that I just thought of. So, <laughs> Correct. we're going to mention it, and if you're out there... Do I have there, to give a synopsis? Do we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the movie idea we thought of was... Our conversation was... Maybe we should just write it and not tell anyone. No, let's just tell someone. Okay. Let somebody else make it. They, they're free to have this idea if they want. Oh, dear. We just lost, like, $50 million. <laughs> if this movie comes out, it'll suck, because we'll be like... <laughs> it'll suck. Oh. Well, we'll have this as a record. So, okay. this, this movie is about a guy who is a politician, but in his... Very charming. Very... No. He's a politician, but in his after hours, um, after work, he's, he's a psycho serial, serial killer... But he's so good at like having a dual personality that nobody would ever suspect him of that because he's personable. He's the best person, and he gets through a series of events. He gets elected the president and into the White House. But this doesn't stop him being a psychopath in his off time. And my idea would be to have the movie take place not from this guy's point of view, from either a, a servant or a secret service person, somebody who works in the White House's point of view, who stumbles across this, looks him up and figures out some stuff about him, and then ha- is faced with the dilemma of, do I tell on this guy or do I just let him do it because he's my president? Or do I, and was and the, we wanted to say uh, that... This, the, the flip side of that is, he's been the best president Yeah, ever. he's a really good president. Everybody loves him. But in the evenings, he has this psychopathic... He likes to cut prostitutes up or whatever he does. Something horrible. So there you go. We could not have a cut up prostitutes. That's kind of an old used thing. But Just something not, horrible. Something really horrible, yeah. That's about as horrible as I can think of. I'm sure there's <laughs> more horrible. But it's it pretty horrible. Because it... You know. And then maybe... And then the dilemma is, like you said, does this the, guy the, who knows... Or girl. Well, yeah, whoever finds out, do they? And there are people who do know, and they Jay just cover for him. And do the, because and, they want to stay in power. Mm, they they know what's and, going on. And this and person then, uncovers that these other people, CIA people or whatever they are, Secret Service people, who chauffeur him around and stuff, actually chauffeur him to kill prostitutes and things, but never say anything. You know what I'm saying? Like there is people who aids him in his sick behavior. Yeah, let's not do the prostitute thing. Seriously, that's overused. All right, Think um, of something else. Kids. Oh dear, that's what <laughs> that was the direction. I want it to I be really thinking. evil, though. I mean, I don't want it to be. You know, it has to be super. And then evil. the the line, the thing is, he's solving some of the world's crises in reality, and this is his reality. Do you just take him out? Do you tell everybody, or do you just keep shut up? <laughs> so there you go if you want to or take you blackmail him he could the guy who finds out a woman could be a jerk too and just blackmail there's him. lots of ideas there yeah. so there's an idea born from our if somebody wants to make that movie and your then, mind not mine <laughs> and then share the millions of dollars that comes off it with us please we'll be fine okay so and I want the guy who stars in it to be the guy who played Johnny Boy in this movie that we just watched Pretty Boy he's really really good I love him not not the rock uh, well, let's let's, let's yeah. get it. Um, this is a, I also was going to have like this intricate introduction for the for today's show about the Super Bowl, but the the evil psychopathic president idea overcame. Yeah, that, this so. is a movie podcast. So forget the Super Bowl. It is Super Bowl Sunday, 
But really, it's Evil Psychopath President Sunday. <laughs> and it's Sunday, February the 1st, the first day of February. Whee! And uh, it's after the show number 55. And this week, we're going to be looking at the movie Rock and Roller on Blu-ray disc. It's a 2008 movie. It was released on DVD and Blu-ray last Tuesday, January the 27th. So you can go and buy it now. It's uh, from our friends at Warner Brothers. It's Guy Ritchie's latest movie, and you're going to give us the description. Now, this is a complicated movie, so it is. concise. Do you think other married couples sit around and, uh, what is the word, percolate ideas about movies that they'll never we, we do that on. <laughs> we do that quite often, actually. I've, I've woke up and said to you, oh, I dreamt about this. Me too, talk. I know, it's just weird. So That's we really... do it. Oh, we do it often. We're saturated with the movie thing. The best movies ever come from our minds. Rock and Roll is a story about... And the in the extras they use this word a lot, but it is appropriate. Nefarious activities that are going on in this city of London about real estate and not gangsters. They all make it clear they're not gangsters, but the sort of underbelly underworld of big real estate and um, scamming each other out of money, this and that violence and whatnot. Caper movie. But at the heart of it, rock and roller, there is a dude who is a rock and roller guy. He's a musician, um, druggy. And oh it is hard to explain. Very difficult. A crisscrossing of yeah, unsavory like, types. Yeah. You've got um, the head guy who thinks he's big boss and then someone else moves into town and is a bigger fish. And so this one big guy kicks around everybody else and there's a lot of deception and stuff going on. <laughs> Sorry, guy. Stop. Mr. Richie. Sorry, Mr. Richie. There's this movie and there's these people and it's got this stuff. <laughs> Thank you. And then, <laughs> then one thing happens and then another thing happens and then, and then it's over. <laughs> and then there's this music and then there's these credits. See you next lots week. of credits. <laughs> lots of credits. We yeah. have to mention that at some point. We will. We'll mention it towards the end. Anyway, <laughs> This is Guy Ritchie's latest movie, the... I guess we should say, have you seen... Lock, Stock and Smoking Barrels. And Snatch. Snatch. Revolver. And this fits away. right in there. Yeah, uh, anyway. It's not the same, but it fits in. So, starting off, <laughs> Rock and Roller. Um, I absolutely loved it. I'm a Guy Ritchie fan anyway. I feel like this movie... I know I'm probably the only person, and you maybe, that likes Revolver, mm. which was his <laughs> last one. Which was slightly odd, but still had a bit of a... But lovely. I really loved yeah, it. Yeah, it was an interesting movie, and it was kind of almost experimental. It wasn't exactly what he does, and I liked it for that. I never saw Swept Away with Madonna, so I can't comment on that one. Mm. Um, Lock, Stock and Snatch, essentially the same movie. Mm. His style. His style. In, fact, in fact, this. If you were going to Lock, Stock and Snatch, this one fits amongst those two very well, I think. The three very... The three very well put together complicated caper movies I like to call them caper movies because it's yeah that all three of them are it's all to do with it's not a heist as such but it's it's a to do with money and greed stealing from each other yeah and, and uh, crisscrossing of stories yeah. too uh, I think this one fits in I, I really enjoyed it I, I love I enjoyed it very I loved it I loved every minute of it when you get the vibe it's coming to an end I was like oh no no yeah. no I really really like every character he knows how to make a movie I, I really he's got the London I know the, they say they're not gangsters but they're not they're pretty the businessmen who get things done with 
guns and violence, and yet they are purely businessmen. That's- but he has, for me, he has that world down perfectly. You know, like the old back room that they all operate out of. That we know of. Well, just from... Like, I've seen documentaries about real, like, East End gangsters in the 60s and stuff. And he obviously draws a lot from that. But it's it's seedy, it's dirty, it's kind of, you know... It's everything, like, you kind of But think in the of- middle of that, you have the characters who are just trying to get along. Like, in my mind as I watch, I'm like, why don't these guys just get jobs? These grown men, you know, heisting money over here and gambling over here and beating Easier, up people for money. But, <laughs> but it isn't, you <laughs> know? Really. So my, my mind's like, why don't they just get jobs? But then you start looking at the characters that he makes, and they're just dudes. And it actually is just their... It is just their life that is in his world that he's made. And so you find people who do these horrible things, and yet you're endeared to them. Or... You're like, well, this guy hasn't really done anything bad, but he's in the middle of it all, and he's likable, so why doesn't he get out of it? But, you know, so I like that kind of... He, they're not all bad. They're not all... There's no, like, anti-hero... Well, there are a few anti-heroes in his stories, but, I mean, it's not all about that. You and know? I think that Guy Ritchie has a real knack of choosing the right people for the roles. Oh, totally. Now, in this movie, for <clears throat> instance... Oh, by the way, I feel much better than I did last week. Thank you for asking. <clears throat> Oh, you're cold. (laughs) You might still cough occasionally. No, just clear my throat. But um, I feel that in this movie, yes, there are some star names in there. But a lot of the really good performances are people I've never ever seen in my life before. Um, In fact, they all... It's like total even playing field. I felt like everybody was... I was right in there. Nobody stood out, really. I mean, a couple of people... It's an ensemble thing. The one Russian guy who chases him down the one tunnel. That guy was yeah, cool I wanna, looking. Oh my god. I want to make a special note of, I think, the chase scene in this movie. There's a chase scene, which I won't spoil anything about. I won't give you the specifics. But I think it's the best chase scene it's I've been, ever seen. Because it's the weird, it's weird. I don't know if it's the best I've ever seen. But it's I mean, not it's like a Jason Bourne chase scene. It's no. like a real odd, like, a chase scene where... It could happen. A realistic chase scene, yeah. that's the thing. You know, Jason Bourne can run for like several miles without ever getting out of breath. <laughs> yeah. It isn't that, is yeah, it? It's the opposite that. of that. <laughs> so I really enjoyed that. And the way it was... Guy Ritchie has this interesting style, doesn't he? Cinematography. Some some would say it's pretentious and overused and crass. And you feel that, even though I love him, what these that I've seen of his... You get that feeling like, come on, dude, just give but us some he, straight up camera work. But of- he does um, carry... Oh, I mean... Lock, Stock and Smoking Barrels has shots from this movie, as does Snatch. Yeah, the, sure. You know, that I'm specifically talking about that yeah, camera yeah. in the face. Fear from he that uses He uses the, the same tricks in each movie, pretty much. But I like that, because it's a stamp of... Yeah, and he's doing what filmmakers from all time... They're trying to portray an emotion or feeling or a sense of action a certain way. But he, And he really has a... A jump cutty kind of everything's it moves fast. A scene doesn't last very long. Any scene, no. it's just like blah 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 whew, to another thing until we get to a, a profound scene or some. It's all stops and someone's giving you like a and profound that, speech, and that's where that something the profound part comes across more because you're used to it flitting back and forth. You kind of go oh, and then you listen more. You like yeah. soak it up more. That's true. I so I do like his um, style. Um, it's 
I imagine some people hate it because it's a bit jumpy and MTV-ish, you know? He, oh, don't don't lower it to that. I no, I totally disagree. I mean, he cuts, mus- he cuts music in, you know, cool music at the right moments and that kind of stuff. It's, I just wouldn't, com- I wouldn't use that term at all. I think that's insulting, actually, but whatever. <laughs> well, I wouldn't... Because that would make me not like it. If you told me a movie is MTV-ish, I'd be like, ugh, God. Well, it's... Yeah, well, I think I still stand by the MTV issue. That. <laughs> that's fine. Because it's a music shame video-ish. because you're wrong, but that's fine. You know, mu- my point is music video, fast cutting music. I really like it. I like that style. There's other directors use that style. Um, but I think in this movie, it wasn't overused. In fact, when it, it has a real brilliant title sequence. Um, did you like the title yeah. sequence? It's like. Um, Drawings. Like comic book, isn't it? Like um, no, not that comic book. Just I would say more graphic, graphic novel. novel yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's not a comic book. Again, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm on a roll. <laughs> like three hundred or something. Graphic novel, like a like um, outlines around the characters, but like the the real people turn mm-hmm. into that. It's it, I really like that introduction, and the ending has a bit of it. But um, yeah, I um can't fault it I, I enjoyed it, really it thoroughly um, and I really enjoyed Revolver too but nobody did I mean that one's well, weird somebody did but you know oh, it was one of the worst reviewed me- I went back and looked at Revolver reviews and it was just like <laughs> I, I guess people didn't get it or something they were like Hold sometimes up. you just gotta go with the flow man you know what I mean You some movies you truly have to just go with it if you went into Revolver expecting Snatch Correct. and Rockstock and Smoking Barrels you would have been very disappointed. And it, it does take that. a while for that to kick in because it's it comes, you know, introduction of the characters and stuff. There's no like hint that you're coming into a movie that's got a bit of mysticism. I mean, it is. It's kind of an odd one, but you don't know that, so you're kind of in it, and then shit starts happening, kind of like dusted on. You think it's one thing, and if you'd never seen it before, the way I watched it, and I didn't know what it was gonna what was gonna happen, and then boom, you got vampires. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Other people go, "What? This is stupid." So I think that's, that's I actually, what would happen with Revolver. My story about uh, *Dust Till Dawn*. I went to see that. There was this <clears throat> when I lived in England? There was a art house cinema in Manchester that I know. I know *Dust Till Dawn* is not an art house movie, but it also wasn't a wide release movie either. And um, I was really into Tarantino movies at the time, and still am to this day. I'd seen Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction and this movie, I'd heard about it and it was on in this one place in Manchester so I went there in the middle of the afternoon and I absolutely had no idea what it was about I just saw that Quentin Tarantino was in it I didn't really know anything else and it starts, that movie, doesn't it? the first, say, 35 minutes yeah, a long time. is like a Reservoir Dogs style um, Pulp Fiction style road movie with... Too not not that intense though, because you're thinking. I mean, there is pretty there's intense because violence because you know Quentin Tarantino's brother. You know the the, the gecko. No, he's brother. the brother. They're both the gecko brothers, and Quentin Tarantino is the um, like a psychopath brother who's like a rapist and is weird. And you get these hints of it. And when I was watching, I was like, "Wow, this is going to be like a Pulp Fiction or something." You know, just something really odd. And yeah, it leads you <laughs> right up to that point. You meet the. You family. meet the family uh, with a... Then you go into this crazy weird bar and you, it doesn't even click that it's even a bit Salma outrageous. Salma Hayek's dancing. And, you're like, and then well, you're like, yeah. what the and then, <laughs> and then it's just a complete horror movie. Like, but it's fantastic too. Now we've probably ruined it for people who haven't seen it. That's awful. Yeah, because well, I, no, it didn't get ruined for me, but... 
I'm sure it's, it's probably like 15 years old now. So I know, but people... still, we're talking about how great it was not to know and we just told them, but still. But anyway, yeah, that um, movie, I went to see it in this little flea pit kind of real <laughs> bad little cinema and uh, I was like in awe like, of it because I was like, Quentin Tarantino's in it and then it's this and then it's it and then it's not this. And then when it was finished, I was like, holy crap, that's, that's the awesome. best movie I've ever seen. That's awesome, yeah. <laughs> and, mo- and a lot of, it's one of those movies. We're talking about Dust of Dawn because we were talking about Revolver, but we're actually talking about Rock and Roller. Correct. Let's go back onto that. So, track. yeah, I see Rock and Roller. Fits it. If you liked um, Lock, Stock, and Smoking Barrels and you liked Snatch, I think it fits in perfectly as a third um, installment of those movies. But not a copy. No, it's not it's a, a copy, mature... but it's, it's in the same vein. It's a bit more grown up, you're right. Yeah, everybody's more grown up. There aren't any youngster youngsters. There's no 20 something. There's no well, I mean, Jason kinda, Statham this time. None There's of that, no yeah. Brad Pitt. But it's a perfect cast. I, you know, I didn't miss any of the old crew. I didn't like think it was, about it. it. Didn't even occur to me once. See, I, I kept thinking, I bet Jason Statham's in this at some point, and when he didn't turn up, it didn't bother me. So, I mean, Jason Statham's moved on to bigger and better things, right? Nah, I don't know if it's better. Possibly. Bigger. I told you the last week it'd become the Jean-Claude Van Damme of this I know, generation. I don't think that's better. <laughs> no, so I disagree. Not. I disagree with you again. This is becoming... I think you've missed my irony. Because <laughs> I was being ironic. But, um... Yeah, I I think, the, I think it was really good. I can't fault it. Um, we should move on to the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's, it's quite a big cast. So I wrote down just the <laughs> main players. Uh, so we got Gerald Butler as one, two. Loved him. Um... If you don't know who Gerald Butler is, he's the main Sparta guy in 300. The, Which I also enjoyed, thoroughly. With his painted on. He's not quite as muscly as that, but... Yeah, it looks good. I like the way he talks. He's got on the side of his mouth with his... Yeah, he's a Scot. Scottish accent. Um, so he's he's one of the three main... They're like kind of... They're they like the crew. They're, they're like, like the crew from Lockstock, aren't they? You know, they're kind of like bumbling, kind of. Let's try our hand at stuff. Waiting for the big hole. Maybe it won't work. Maybe it, most they're of the like time. They're like small it won't. fries. Yeah, and small then you fry. go up levels to the big. So there's Gerald Butler as one two. Interesting name. I love that name. Yeah. There's. I'm trying to get the three people. Tom Hardy as Handsome Bob. I like him. He's really good mm-hmm. and. Idris Elba as Mumbles. So these are the three main dudes. I really think they're good. And there's, mm. there's an interesting kind of interaction between Handsome Bob and One Two to do with set. Yeah. Yeah, don't say it. That, that, I, that plays out throughout the movie. It's hilarious. Like it's, oh, yeah, it's lovely. It's, it's just really funny. Because <laughs> it's like... It's a bit... That whole scene, that scene, it's a bit off. Like, you don't expect that at all, do you? It's like... No, but I wasn't that surprised, so... For me, it was... <laughs> Let's not talk about it. We don't want to ruin it. I'm not, not going <laughs> to I'm saying that particular scene. It was a big surprise to me, because when it happened, I was like, whoa. Then there was a scene I felt. Now, maybe Guy Ritchie's never seen a Kevin Smith movie in his life. Oh, you mean Chasing Amy? Yeah, homage That's to the scene Amy. I'm talking about. No, no, not that one. The one with the um, injuries. The two guys. Oh yeah, that's in. totally Jason. But did Kevin that, Smith get that from somewhere else? Because I don't want to say I don't want to claim that that's a Kevin Smith tool. But two, when they're showing two dudes own. comparing war wounds. Yeah. I'm sure it's been in several. Is also another one, not Chasing Amy. Something else I was thinking of when it was happening, and I can't remember what it was. So yeah, I'm sure maybe it's just a thing throughout. And in Chasing cinema. Amy, they're sitting in the booth in a restaurant bar place, and the showing off banky, sexual injuries. Banky or whatever he is in that movie. <laughs> Yeah, he shows an injury, she shows an injury, he shows an injury. And in this, in Rock and Rolla, they got two, like, Russian 
war veteran guys who are the thugs. Showing and, hungry, yeah, like, hey, yeah. look at this, and I got this from Barbed Wire, and I got this, and they're like completely. But yeah, I have heard of, I have seen that in another movie, and when it was on, I was thinking, where did I see that? It wasn't chasing Amy that I was thinking of. It mm. was another. So there's these three guys, all really good. I think they really played well together. Very well. Then there's the female of the piece, Thandie Newton as Stella. Do you like... I've, I've always yep. liked this girl. I think she's really... She was in Crash, right? And this. I don't know what else I've seen her in. But uh, yeah, I like her. I think she was in something we watched the other week, right? Excuse me. Um, we watched... Some, was, was she in Michael Clayton? Don't remember. That was near the week, but... Uh... No, that wasn't the one I was thinking of. That was just <laughs> train of thought. Um, so she was in... She was in something, yeah, but I don't... And I do like her. I liked her in this because... Her part, I'll go ahead and describe it, she's the accountant of a Russian bazillionaire guy, and she's a bit bored, and then through the story, she's trying to just sort of pull off some things of her own for excitement, kind of, you know, uh, against the rules and against the big big fish. And she plays this cool... Yeah, cool, smooth, doesn't give a shit, and uh, she smokes those black cigarettes like my great-grandma used to smoke, those skinny long black cigarettes, so funny. She was in, um, talking to movies, she was in in The Pursuit of Happiness with uh, Will Smith, the one... Correct. And she was also in Rock and Roller, and she was also in Norbit, probably one on that one on the end. Oh my god. She was in Crash, as you said. She was also in The Chronicles of Riddick. And she's yes, in, she was. She's in Oliver Stone's new movie about George W. Bush. She, so, um, I, I really like her. I just think she's got a, a classy kind of feel to her. Mm. Uh, then there's Jeremy Piven, who I really, really like. He's the guy who plays... I always forget his name. Artie in uh, Entourage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a pretty small part, but he play, he's Jeremy Piven. Yeah, there are two Americans in this movie. And... Uh, and then his friend, these, he plays like a record producer guy. Right, and they own clubs around the city. And uh, his friend is Ludacris, the guy who plays... Uh, yeah, but what's his name? His real name. No. I'm just, oh, sorry, that was a joke. If he's Ludacris, crazy, right, but what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want his real name. I was being funny. Well, yeah. Ludicrous. I was as funny as you were ironic. Ludacris has got a... Um, I always forget his real name doesn't matter because everyone yes, knows does. him as ludicrous chris bridges is his real all right so um that that them two play these two they're another set of wheeler and dealers mm-hmm. well um, no they just own clubs and they're the managers for the rock and roll guy yeah, it's not roller. unsavory their business no really, no they just own from... clubs and they don't know that this guy who's the rock and roll guy is associated with the big fish gangster ish kind of guy and they get tangled into it because they're looking for the rock and roller and then there is Tom Wilkinson as Lenny Cole. Now, the big fish. I really, really like Tom Wilkinson, always have. And when i never seen him in a part like this, I thought he played it really well. And the thing that kept coming into my mind every time he was talking was if Tom Wilkinson is, gets out of the film business and he wants to go into TV, <laughs> EastEnders villain. <laughs> Do you know when we say, we watch a soap opera called EastEnders, and whenever they bring a bad guy in, he's a sinister. Dude, I find him to be like yeah, I, but, I'd be yeah, scared of him. Yeah, it takes a specific kind yeah. to really make you fear him, and this game would be good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but everybody knows Tom Wilkinson from Michael Clayton. Um, In the bedroom was it him? Yes, he's really good. He's an mm-hmm. Oscar caliber of actor who plays a role here that is unlike his other roles. He's a 
shyster. Asshole. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he has a right-hand man who I really like. Oh, yeah. Called Mickey. No, he's not called Mickey. Archie. Archie, and he also plays. He also does the narration over the movie because mm-hmm. there's a bit of a voiceover, uh, and he's played by Mark Strong. And what else was he in? Because I, I didn't recognize I, him. I mean, I recognize him, but I didn't. And I'll just say this while you're looking that up. Um, I've told you in the past that all my life I wanted to marry a British man, even when I was a young girl. So I've achieved that goal. Watching movies like this and the other ones, I find, I, I as a grown woman, I know why these men are all so attractive to me. The way they talk, they're very. London urbanish. I don't know what it is, but I, I was a little distracted sometimes, I'll be honest. I'm seeing Don't Mark, worry, no, there's no competition. But Mark Strong was in. <laughs> He's just blocking me out. He was in <laughs> Stardust, which was a really good movie. He was in... He was the father in Stardust, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in Syriana with uh, Mr. Mm. George Clooney. He was in... Lots of TV shows in the UK. What have we seen him in? Heartlands he was in. That was a good movie. You know, he reminds me of his Andy Garcia. A little bit. Hmm. And when I look at all these stuff that he's in, he's in a lot of TV shows that I have watched when I was in England, like when I was a kid and stuff. And that's why he be, he seems like a household face to me. But, you know, he's what do you call it? he's been in The Bill and things like that. Right. So it's like, um, I liked him a lot. Yeah, he was really good and he... It's quite, you know, that I like that role. You know, Tom Wilkinson and him, they're one... He's the right-hand man to the Tom Wilkinson guy. Who makes things happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, for him. The handler. Yeah. And then, last, who I had... I mean, there's a lot of people in this movie, but last I had the guy who plays the rock and roller himself, Johnny Quid. And that is Toby Cabell. I've never seen that guy in my life. I feel like I have. I looked him up and there's nothing... Really? Nothing... he seemed really familiar to me. Now, you had to mention the Russian guy, because he was the Russian guy from Born uh, yeah, Ultimatum. He was, he was I don't... I, or I, Born Supremacy, I'm sorry. And I said, he's the. there was a Russian guy who played the Russian guy in movies for about ten years there, and now this guy... What was his name? I'll look him up. I don't remember. Victor? Don't remember. Yes. No, called... Victor was his right-hand man. Oh. But he was the thug guy, but he played the Russian... Um... Was he Ori? Might have been. Ori Omovich. Yes. Karel Roden. I like him. And I liked him. Uh, the Specifically the scene on the boat with her. That was really good. I was really compelled by him at that point. So this guy, Toby Cabell, who plays, <clears throat> you know. Johnny Quid. Johnny Quid. And when... He's a junkie. He's a like crack addict, smoking stuff, whatever. Total junkhead. Junkie head, like total. And he does a fantastic. I mean... It can border on pretentious at times with the little, but I still really enjoyed it. He's actually in nothing that we would have seen apart from Alexander, Oliver Stone's Alexander, as Pausinius. Um, that was several years ago, maybe as a young version of somebody. But he is in the new Prince of Persia movie with Jake oh. Gyllenhaal, so he's uh, in, in, in that he is not announced yet, but he's in <laughs> <laughs> so, but so And everything else is, we wouldn't have seen wow, it. Wow, no, TV he seems shows so in the familiar. UK, you know? Yeah, he does really seem familiar, but I really liked him. I thought he played... Fantastic. One of the best parts in it, because there is a real... He's a real sad character. He ties everything together. But, on the other hand, he's not in it all the time. Like, nope. He's in it less than everybody else. He's but in his, your mind, because his, you know... Yeah, because he's, he's the main focus, yeah. isn't he? And the... You know, the there's some real deep scenes involving that guy. 
I, I thought. Like, some of the best scenes mm-hmm. in the movie. Not the action part ones, more of a meaningful stuff. So, uh, that's the cast. Moving on to the director, Mr. Guy Ritchie, who did Lock, Stock, Revolver mm-hmm. and Snatch, as we said earlier, and Swept Away. Um, I like him. <laughs> that's all I can say. What do you... Think? Oh, yeah, totally. I think, at some point... I mean, everybody who has those really severe styles, they kind of mature, not mature, but refine them a bit. And I think that's happening a little. Because it's not as... There's as no mistake in it's a Guy Ritchie movie, though. When you I watch, agree. There's no mistake in that. Um, but yeah. And you don't want to lose that, and yet you can't do that for 20 movies in a row. Because it, no. it wears on everybody. And even at this point, some people might say, oh, God, this is another lock stock. Can we move on? But... I still think he's he's pulled out some of the best elements from those movies, which had even more stuff going on, and sort of focused more on them. Do you know what I mean? Like, there might have been 50 things going on in those, and he's narrowed it down to, like, 10 and done them even better. So Yeah, and it's, you know what I'm and it's still... Some people... The characters mm, are... Some people would think it's a confusing, confusing mm-hmm. plot, because... There's a lot to keep tabs on. I don't find it confusing at no, all. No, no. I think the lay- the beginning feels like oh the God, first fifty I'm minutes. Be, I'm is gonna crazy. be confused. I'm gonna because they really lay it on thick, don't they? For the first fifty minutes, but then minutes. it smooths out. It's like here's this person, here's this person, here's this person, here's this person, and then all you really need to know is all these people tie together for one end. Right. Like it's just a big machine. Yeah. That exactly. You don't really need all the intricate details. So be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> be pre- be pre- like. If Don't you, miss the first five minutes. Of I know, the movie. and if you think the first five minutes is too much for you, no, it settles down a little. Of course, yeah, it, but it is crazy at the beginning. That is a interesting opening to a movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got we looked at the Blu-ray edition. Now, I just want to say this isn't a Blu-ray disc that's going to amaze. Um, you're, you're not going to throw it up on your theater screen and go, "Look at this amazing movie," because it's stylistically, and we know that it's stylistically muted. Um, same as Lockstock. Mm-hmm. It's like a brown, bluish, brown, greyish movie. In fact, when we were watching the extras mm-hmm. and it showed you like Guy Ritchie on set for real and then it showed you a clip from the movie, I said to you, wow, it's so uncolorful. Look at the all movie. the colours they drain out They just out ripped there. it all out. So it's not going to be something that impresses for yeah, the Yeah, it's tramp- not sharp and it's not... In fact, uh, interestingly, it's quite soft. It actually, mm-hmm. I-, I was watching it thinking... And it did say at the end this was all filmed on ARRI high-definition cameras from the get-go. Obviously, it's been through a post-processing process. I think it went through a post... I think not only did they mute the colours, they also... um, Roughed it up. Well, I... uh, Not roughed it up, but, like... they, They gave it some kind of... Like, whites are blown out and darks are very... It's odd looking. Mm. It's it's definitely... You might look at it thinking, is my colour right on my TV kind of movie? But no, that's just how it is supposed to be. So, I'm not saying the Blu-ray disc is bad, because it conveys exactly what it's supposed to be. But it's not something like Wall-E, where you're going to throw that up and go, oh my god, that is like, whoa, look how colourful. And I didn't even find the sound to be that... Musical parts really had a good impact, I thought, but... There wasn't a lot of surround going on. No. Even though it was. It's not It's not like Bond. And it wasn't week. real specific and real, you know. Dialogue's very clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's very good because it is a dialogue-heavy movie. All real thick East End British accents. So if you're an American, you might have trouble understanding them. 
But I thought what that, are you trying to say? But I thought that was conveyed well in the center. You know, it was all up there. You mm-hmm. didn't think, oh, what is he saying? I don't get that. Um, but yeah, it's an odd. Mo- I'm thinking when I write my picture and video quality of this movie, it's a hard one to. Just say what you say. It is a representation of what the movie looks like. It is, uh, but you know, at times I felt like it looked like a DVD, not a Blu-ray disc. That's that. But so? was that in? Was that well? So? You pay more for this, right? So what I'm saying is. Mm, correct. If well, the DVD looks ju- just the same, why? Why? Like you know. Well, that just makes you think. Does the DVD look like really crappy? Yeah, because if this is an upgrade from the DVD, then fine. But or I, maybe he doesn't give a shit. No, I think he really does, and it was all filmed in high definition. Yeah, but he obviously made an effort to make it look a certain way. So maybe he doesn't want it to be. And if you look back at Lockstock and Snatch, they're both desaturated too, mm-hmm. and maybe that's Guy Ritchie's view of London. It's a desaturated scummy place you know like a shithole as he might say he did say shithole <laughs> so special features also um, not the best on this disc there's a few I was not- satisfied completely satisfied oh yes totally I didn't want any more I didn't need any more you've got the writer director guy right there in, in most in those two documentary things that are on there you know the like well let's go through them there's there's a commentary with Guy Ritchie and Mark Strong who's the guy who plays the right-hand man of Archie. the manga. Um, so, yes, you get a full-length commentary. There's an additional scene, which I really like that scene. It's a scene called, like... Um, put out you your cigarette. Put out your cigarette. And uh, it's the main guy, uh, 1-2, running on a treadmill in the gym with this old boxing kind of coach guy sat in the corner smoking a cigarette while he's running like he's breathing I didn't like it I'm glad they cut it because I thought it it was was a bit long but I liked it as an additional scene I don't think it I think in the movie it might have been cut a bit better because it was a bit hodgepodgey wasn't it it felt like there was it felt like the the deleted scene felt like several takes just patched together like just to to me anyway Um, so yeah it's an additional scene singular then there's blokes, birds, and black and backhanders inside rock and roller in high definition. It makes great um, in brackets in high definition. Anyway, this is like a fifteen minute. It's actually a little bit better than your standard press kit kind of uh, thing. But it's got that vibe. But it has got that vibe. It's got title cards and you know, here's the blokes, here's the birds, here's right. Sky Ritchie talking. It's about. outlining the world that he's made. Don't watch like. it before the movie because it has some Do big not. spoilers in it. Do not. Um, Guy Ritchie, I don't often see him in interviews and stuff, so I like to see him talk. Exactly. Um, he seems like a real down-to-earth guy. I don't know. <laughs> like, some filmmakers, to me, have a pretentious air about them when they talk. He just seems like a dude who's just making a movie, like, with these other guys. Yeah, he does. Like, you know, I'm just I'm just a dude. Doesn't well, he is just a dude, but... Of course, he's not like... I'm not Oliver Stone or somebody <laughs> like that, you know what I'm saying? What are you saying? Oliver Stone is better I, than Oliver him? Stone has an air of pretentiousness when you see him talk. I watched I agree. a documentary about... Even Scorsese, I think, has Yeah, it's just, a, it's <laughs> just like a little bit... Too self-important. Up here. Than, yeah, know, yeah. Like, I'm Oliver Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Stone, if you're watching... I mean, if you're watching, if you're listening... I mean, there's nothing wrong with Oliver Stone. I love In fact, you were like one of his biggest fans, which is really funny. Yeah. So, yeah, biggest... Uh, I am, actually... So, and then there's another uh, little documentary, which is in the same vein. It looks like it came from the same thing. And it's called Guy's Town. And it's quite an interesting look at how London has changed over the last 10 to 30 which years. Which is what has inspired him to write this. What the, He says this whole movie's about. And you don't 
you don't totally fully... What he's saying is the city has been sort of taken over and turned into a... By immigrants. More of a... Yeah. Like, big money immigrants yeah, coming no, in, like, spending money on billion dollar real estate places, building high rises, taking over even the underbelly of the city and that it's changing the city. The city's evolving and it hasn't done that since whatever he said, the 1800s or something like that. So, and there is a really, that was his inspiration for this. And really interesting. Um, because Tom Wilkinson, who plays Lenny, he's like the old school, um, gangster, East end gangster. And it is really getting on his tits that like Russians and people are coming in and just messing with his shit. Like it, not in a racist way, but like, it's like a, like they're not following the like, rules of the game here. Like this they're is how coming. it works, and if they I just say, don't yeah. know. Like. like when he says to him, you know, it's going to cost you seven million euros to do this, and the guy's like, okay. You can almost see in his, in the Wilkinson guy's face, like, wait, you're not supposed to just agree to that. We're supposed to sit here, and there's supposed to be. How can you just throw seven million euros at me? Kind yeah. of like it had in his in that moment. He was like, crap. This guy's a bigger S- fish serious, than me. Serious, because like yeah. seven million dollars is a lot to me. Exactly. To him, exactly. Because this was his biggest deal ever, and this guy's just like, whatever, seven million. <laughs> right. So yeah, it's it's. I like that how it's getting on the Tom Wilkinson guy's real last mm-hmm. nerve. It's like you're not doing this right. You're not doing it the way you're supposed to. You do to. it the old way, and that's and the that's contrast it. of the movie. These young guys doing deals and stuff versus and coming in and sort of the new generation of this underworld. And I must know uh, somebody we didn't mention in the cast but I really liked the idea of was the guy called Tank who yeah. who kind of like lived in his car on the streets. He, he, uh, he's, he's got his ear to the ground. He knows everything. Yeah, it's not a little Geo Metro. We're no, it's like, like a it's big like, fancy. We're talking like a big Land Rover with like a DVD player. Exactly. Well, like a Blu-ray player. Exactly. He's like... <laughs> he's like Step into my, uh, my abode or whatever. He knows like, everything and he's well educated. And I don't know who that guy was, but I liked the idea of a character like that who that everyone respected. Everyone would nobody go messes to. with. He's right. just the guy who you go to if you need something, information or whatever. Like you know, I, I just really like. And I like the guy who was the friend of Johnny. Uh, quid. You know the yeah, he was good too. <laughs> he was See, and good. Guy Ritchie who always Guy Ritchie always betrays Scousers, Liverpudlians. As like kind of dim. You oh, he was really loyal and but, really but good. Dim, and but kind of remember the two guys in yep. Lockstock, the two Scousers. They were really loyal too, but kind of dim. They didn't. They couldn't really help. Is themselves. that just your English, your British interpretation? Because I don't see that at all. They, they couldn't really help themselves though. And yeah, but if I didn't guy. know what you tell me about that, then I wouldn't think that. I don't it's, think that. I'm just saying, Guy Ritchie has a thing about Liverpudlians. He seems to think they're in the same role, like. Those two guys in the first one, Lenny and I can't remember the names, mm. the one who gets his afro shot. <laughs> his perm. Yeah, it's a perm. <laughs> and he's like smoke coming up it. Those two guys are also just dudes, loyal, but dim witted, like they they just can't help themselves. It's like a and no, this I didn't guy. find this guy dim witted at all. But some of the things he said I mean they're juggies. So, they're junkies. Yeah, I know, and some of the things he said were real reminiscent of that to me. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, so yeah, that's guy's town and it it goes through like, you know, five or six major locations in London where they right. filmed and then shows you how they used to look and Guy Ritchie says like you know he had dinner in one of the skyscrapers in London recently and looked down and he'd never seen that view before and some people which are which looked kind of like New York he said some you know. people knock it but what was here before it was just a shithole <laughs> I, I agree with that I bet some people be like what yeah and I mean he reveres things like he he mentions like an old vegetable market that used to be there and when he says that's not there you could tell he 
He didn't like. He didn't that. like that idea. No. That's been sort of because he said that's not the market I remember. Right. Like he's just not. And when you do see, it's an interesting thing to think of someone who's he's not romantic about the past, right? And he he kind of seems like he gets off on this idea of a city changing right before his eyes. And it like really is a time in history when it's really changing, and yet he's nostalgic maybe for some of those things. And, and that's where a lot of good film ideas can come from in his little world of, mm-hmm. you know, underground London. Old versus new. I'd really like to see, this is one thing I've been thinking about when I was watching this and before we watched it, Guy Ritchie. I'd really like him to see him do a period piece, like a 60s, when the height of gangster London was, you know, in effect. I'd like to see him do a 60s style, like, totally set in the 60s, because mm. I think he would do a really good... Yeah, but can't we just break him out of that now? Can't we? Haven't we seen enough? Well, we've seen him... Do, he's done other stuff. I mean, Revolver wasn't really a gangster London thing. No, but it was the same kind of thing. Shysters and... Yeah. But, no, I... Criminals. I, I criminals like seems to be the thing. I, I know you do, but you can't do the same thing forever, you know? All right, let's have him do a war movie next. <laughs> Everybody does a war movie. <laughs> they do, actually. This Tarantino's next one is war. How about he does a romantic comedy? No. There's enough romantic comedy. Like Ghost Town. Let's no. let him do the Ghost Town 2. Do a real vanilla <laughs> comedy that's, like, average. Sucks the life out of you as you watch it. No. Like, I don't even want to be in love anymore because this movie is so horrible. Anyway, a, a conclusion for Rock and Roller. It's, um, I, yeah, I absolutely had to give it a round of applause at the end when it was over. And I was too busy dancing to the, the end see, title music. I even like the um, idea of setting it up for a sequel. In the You're not supposed to say that? Well, that doesn't spoil anything. <laughs> do, I'm not giving no spoilers, but I'm saying I like the idea of having a, you know... A, I was trying really hard to avoid that, but you just blew it. How about at the end of the movie when we saw... Well, do you think that spoils it? Basically? Yeah, kind Why? of. I just think you shouldn't say anything about the ending, ever. No matter what. But that's just me. No, I don't mean the plot. I mean the, the words on the screen. True. Those words on the screen I was talking about. Yeah. I'm, I don't mean the plot. I mean, I mean, he actually throws it up there at you, true. Yeah, true. yeah. I like that But you idea. didn't know that time you And that, that isn't like... Gonna, that's probably not going to happen, but it's an interesting way to end a movie, you know? Hmm. Like, it's not like... Hit, yes, there's definitely About at the movie. end, end, after the credits, when they put on the Interpol warning thing... And it came up in, what, 20 different languages? We sat and watched them all. More than 20. I actually quit it. Like, it could have gone... Oh, I thought it finished. There's no, I pressed loads. the button. We were like, what language is that? I mean, seriously. Usually you see French, Spanish, English. And it was like, there was Russian and Czech and Egypt. Now, I'm assuming this is like a region-free disc uh, completely, so... So they had to cover every base. Yeah. And, you know, norm- like you say, normally you see three Interpol warnings, like uh, French... English and mm-hmm. and this one just blah, blah, kept coming up. Kept like going Russian, on Greek, and everything. things we didn't even, couldn't even figure out what it was. Um, and as usual with uh, Warner Discs, it's straight into the movie after a couple of trailers. One for Appaloosa, which looks really good, mm-hmm. and one for what was the first one? I forget. They both look kind of good though. There's two. It was uh, two trailers of movies that I'd not really paid attention to. So. And then it goes straight into the movies. All Warner Brothers discs don't have the menu, which I actually like. Yeah. You can pop up a menu if Some you want. Some of them don't even have trailers. They just, it, you yeah. pop it in, it just starts the movie. But, um, and 
the last feature is a digital copy. So don't pop it in and then think, I'm going to go to the bathroom, and then when I come back, I'll hit play, because by then you'll have missed... Because you'll have missed that beginning part. (laughs) But anyway, this also comes with a digital copy on a separate disc for use on your iPod or laptop. Um, And... Zune? Can I put it on my Zune? No, not yet. Oh, bastard. You never will be able to. Come Uh, on, people. I like the cover as well. I kind of like the cover. Mm Mm-hmm. It really says what the movie is. I mean... It doesn't until you watch it, and then you're like, yeah, I understand that. Right. Um, so that's rock and roll. I heavily recommend it. Um, buy it. It's good. And I'm not sure about... If the Blu-ray disc is $30 and the DVD's 20 I would say go for the DVD yeah, with this one. it could look... Yeah, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it could look really hard. I still say it's too expensive to buy, so rent it. I also say um, digital copies. We... I'm one of the... Blu-ray, DVD, buying public. <laughs> I don't care. It I costs more. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't I don't need the little code. I don't want the extra disc. Just, if you're going to carry on doing that, do it, also do a, one that doesn't have that in so I can choose, but there's no choice anymore. It just It's like, yeah. hey, this is a digital copy, special edition, this costs thirty dollars instead of twenty-five, like right. always, because if you if you're buying a Blu-ray disc, this is my thing to watch a real good movie on your nice home theater system. Why do you want a piddling two-inch <laughs> version of it? Right. You, you, you're not going to watch it, are you? I mean, maybe you'll take it with you on your iPod. I do understand it on kid movies and stuff, like you, like we've said. That's fair. You're not going to watch rock and roll over that. and over, are you? Right. You might copy a kid movie or an animated movie off to your home theater PC, and then the kids can watch it anytime and not get the disc out of the box all the time. That's that's, good... that's reasonable. Yeah. Or even something that you do truly love. Now, if I did have an iPod and I loved rock and roll, and I have a two-hour train ride to work every day, and I pile a bunch of movies in there, that's reasonable too. So I guess it depends because you might want to pop it in and. You know how some people are. Maybe they didn't watch the whole movie at home. They got the last 20 minutes, they'll get on the train and watch it. I just hate the digital copy idea. I hate that it costs more because nobody asked for it. No. They just threw it on there and then charged more. It's a stupid DVD. And I I also hate the key code in the box that you enter and it unlocks the digital copy and then that's it. Like... The disc is useless. The disc is useless and you can only unlock it once. So you reformat your computer, that movie's gone. You can't just get and you paid for it. Yeah, you paid for it. It's not yours anymore. I just hate that whole DRM-ish thing. So I just think they should knock it on the head or think of some other... I told you, the ultimate solution, it's not a solution they're going to go with, but Disney, on their Platinum series, give you the DVD version as well in the box. So you buy the Blu-ray, you, mm, get, yeah. the, you get the DVD in the second tray part. So you've got both for the price of one. That ain't going to work, because then they'd never sell the DVD, would they? they right. People would just buy it. But that would be nice, because <laughs> if you would all, everybody would buy the Blu-ray disc version. It would help Blu-ray disc sales, because people would be saying, oh, this has a Blu-ray version as well. Maybe I will get one of those players, because I've started to get a library of these. And also, everybody's backwards compatible, so, but, you know, it's not going to happen. No. So that's rock and roll. I say buy it. And you say? I say watch it. However, you can obtain it, but I don't think it's worth thirty bucks, or twenty-five, or twenty. I think it's. Tw- I think you can get it for twenty-two. Online. I think twelve dollars would be reasonable. Or nine on Blu-ray, 
Oh, nine is better, but twelve is reasonable. If <laughs> I think two, nine was the if bigger. You're gonna get it, bring it home, watch it, enjoy it, and you might watch it again in two years. I feel like I had a good night at the movies for mm-hmm. if we paid twenty two dollars for it, we would have paid that to go to the movies. But then again, we do have our own little movie theater. I feel like I always get a good value out of stuff. Yeah, totally. If I might have sat and watched it on that little screen, it might not have felt as, felt the same. See, now sometimes I don't have a problem with that. You and I are different. Because I can watch something for the first time even on my laptop or on the computer and, and I'm fine with that depending on what it is. I wouldn't watch it on my Zoom for the first time probably, but I don't have a problem with watching it on my TV in the living room or the bedroom or whatever. I like a real, uh, if I have it and have the opportunity to have 5.1s around and a big screen, that's the way I want to watch it, you know? I like a black yes, and, I totally know. A blackened room and a proper movie experience, not a uh, oh I'm watching it while I'm on the web. Uh, hold on, what was that they said? Uh, I don't like that. I don't mean all. that. You white, you full screen it, and you sit back and relax. And but I don't. If I'm on a computer, it will end up in the car. Well, then that's just your own problem. <laughs> and I will be surfing the web, and then I'll go. I don't know what they said for the last five minutes. I didn't pay attention. Anyway, um, we're going on to thank you to Warner Brothers for the uh, Blu-ray disc. Uh, movie recommendations this week. I want to. I've decided to go for a couple of Guy Ritchie kind of inspired, similar type of movies if you like them. Not inspired. No. But um. I mean, first, it's an old theme. It's not like he invented it. English, particularly English. All right then. I want to go for a couple of English criminal, criminal gangster yes. movies. Criminal is the perfect one. Um, Layer Cake is the first one, which stars Daniel Craig before he was James Bond. Um, really good. It's a caper movie, just like a Guy Ritchie movie. And the second one is a little-known film called The Business, which is set in 1980s. Um, so if you're a fan of, like, Adidas trainers <laughs> and Kappa tracksuits... And pink suits. And, and, you pink know, suits with the sleeves pushed up. Lacoste t-shirt, all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. That whole... 80s vibe um, it's a tale of drug dealing in the 80s uh, where like offshore drug dealing mm-hmm. but with this small somebody who turned up in EastEnders actually the guy the gangster guy who was in it but um, yeah. it's a real good film and it's got quite a young cast but it's uh, I thought it was really well that way Winston was in it no um, but the guy from Thingy was in it the uh, from well, that guy from that thing the EastEnders <laughs> guy who cut the dog up Oh, right. Oh, yeah. That guy. He was the main guy, actually. Anyway. There was no dog cutting up in EastEnders. Let's be clear. <laughs> there was dog cutting up implied. Implied, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, want to recommend those two. Um, and uh, The Business uh, is it's a movie from, like, three years ago, but it's getting a release in the U.S. on DVD in about two or three weeks. When I looked it up, I was oh, like, nice. oh, wow, it's only just coming out here. Because it, it's a very small independent movie, uh, something that... Kind of like Goodbye Charlie, Charlie Bright or something. I mean, Some, that's another good one that I think you would go completely unnoticed by anyone ever. Really. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those. Unfortunately. Yeah. But really good, good movie, yeah. Yeah. And mine are inspired by, at different points during this movie particularly, not just at the end, and end, end credit music always seems a bit obnoxious to me, but throughout the movie there were hits of music that, that really... Everything came together just right, and it sort of elevated my experience at that moment. You know what I mean? Like, you really get into the scene because the music is just right, and it made me think, tried to think of movies that did that as well. And the two that I thought of were The Big Easy, 
because that's the first experience I'd ever had, obviously, back in college when I saw it with the Cajun music, like the Zydeco music, and that really got in me. And when I'd watched that movie probably 20 times after, the music just really... I'm not saying it's a good movie, because if I watched it now, I might not think it, it is. It is a pretty it's good Dennis movie. Quaid no, it's and Ellen Barkin. And, and, it's uh, not a bad movie. It's, it just... The music really got gets in you when you watch that. And uh, The Devil's Rejects, because at one point there was a song playing, and... Throughout that movie, even though I really love the movie and love the characters for what they were, the music and the certain sequence actually endeared me more to them. Yeah, in that moment. And that was another one of those times when music and everything clicked together. So I also think Paul Thomas Anderson is the master of music in movies, too. Like, his whatever music he chooses for his movies, even um, there, will be blood. there Will Be Blood, which featured the music of... From Radiohead, You're right? It's not music that you, but it absolutely that, fits. Mm, it makes you feel weird. In some yeah, way. yeah, you're right. So I think he's he's really, and obviously Magnolia, yeah, Magnolia. has Amy Mann's soundtrack that is just like it made me a fan of Amy Mann, and I didn't even. And that totally, it's like the music is wrapped around the experience of watching the movie, and that sounds really corny. But if you're really into it, I, like I'm that, a big I, fan of uh, music in movies. If it's it right. definitely makes you feel. In, in this movie, like you were referring to, the music in this movie is quite cool and hip. It's like um, Rock and Roll Queen is in there. Actually, the band who play Rock and Roll Queen are actually in the movie playing <laughs> the song. And, you know, that's a real hip now record. And it, But it really fits. Like, it, you know, it's it's... I've heard that song so much, Rock and Roll Queen. I think Queen. you saying hip and now gives the wrong impression because you don't give a shit about hip and now. So I don't know why that's a good thing. Well, what I'm getting at is... <laughs> In fact, that's sort of like you are. Some of those moments in the movie, in when he, when Guy Ritchie chooses to play a, a song, and Quentin Tarantino, for instance, is another one. They give the movie a feel that would be missing if that music wasn't yeah, there. Yeah, great. Like, yeah, it's it's perfect, isn't it? It's the right, you know, when Tarantino plays "Son of a Preacher Man" when Uma Thurman's dancing around. Yeah, there's something about that, isn't there? Where you go. Oh my god, I couldn't think of a better piece of And when of music. we go back and listen to the, so, those soundtracks, that's what's in your mind. You can't get those scenes out of your exactly. mind. Exactly. So. I don't think this... Uh, sometimes music is too much or too little, and sometimes it just fits in there right. So yeah, I'm a big fan of music in movies, so that that's too good. Uh, okay. Um, and contests this week, uh, we have a couple, well, four on the site, so I just want to steer you towards aschoolie.com to a... Uh, you can enter all four of them instead of me just giving you a question here. Nice. Um, next week's uh, Blu-ray disc review will be Changeling, which is Clint Eastwood's latest movie starring uh, Angelina Jolie, which looks to me is something I'm absolutely interested in seeing. So um, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to it. Excellent. It's been a good couple of weeks, Rock and Roller and then Changeling, you know. And Clint Eastwood, I believe he's... Uh, I think, I believe he's, he's an up-and-comer. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's a, a young up-and-comer. He's a on the scene. <laughs> You know, I'm ju- having just seen Gran Torino, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing something else by him that was just done recently. Um, stuff, games and A-Scully stuff that I mentioned. I've been playing Skate 2 this week. My, don't know if I gave my verdict on Skate 2 last week, but my actual verdict on the game is it's a better version of the first one, but it's too friggin' hard. You have to be some kind of eight-armed le- eight monster. <laughs> you know, I have to have like 20 fingers for it to work properly. And I actually, without, I don't get mad at games. Never. But without, 
it actually driving me completely mad. I don't think I could get to the end of it. Oh, that's because a shame. Because there's literally this challenge that I've got to, where they say, skateboard, there's a rail that you can slide down. While you go down the rail, do these four tricks in order, and then land. Within the space of about, <clears throat> I'd say, f- five seconds. <laughs> and if you... So you, 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 get on the, you get on the rail... You do the first one that it tells you to, and then you've obviously got to do the second one very quick. And if the second one isn't, if you just don't do it right, so it turns out to be something that's not the one that they say failed, and then you have to press, I want to try again, and it's and the, the indicator's highlighted on no, you have to move it up to yes, you press yes, it says loading, and then it says, do you want to try again, are you sure? You say yes, and then you do it again. So, mm. so you fail... You fail. I mean, I must have tried it 50 times the other day. And the actual loading process in between you failing and trying again is about five seconds. So it's so absolutely... Uh, <laughs> makes you, wanna... you never get frustrated. No, That's so, an interesting side of you. So I really enjoy the game, but the challenges are just insane. And But the online throwing yourself off the board, you saw us doing that. Yeah. It's, it's definitely like the crash mode in Burnout. You just... It doesn't matter if you can't do any stunts. You just fly over the edge of a ramp and just fall off. Right. And the most bones get broken, you get points. And that's fun, I think. Um, but, yeah. Too hard. Uh, Resident Evil 5 demo. You didn't see me play it. I no, I did it. not. I would like to. It's insanely difficult. I'm not saying Resident Evil 5 games. They've always been slightly difficult. They've It's co-op this time, so there's you and a, and a girl that you're playing with. Now, I didn't play online with anybody. I let the computer control the girl, and she was absolutely dumb, and she was spinning around in a circle. And So I didn't get a full. But the graphics is unbelievable. It's, it, I think it's going to be great. Um, everybody's been complaining about the control system. I didn't really have a problem with it, but I played Resident Evil 4 and kind of got to grips with it then. How about your inventory? Isn't that supposed to be a little more... Like the other game you just played It's the same as Dead Space. You're in your inventory, yeah, you, but they're still the attacking inven- you. The inventory doesn't pause the action. So the, That sucks. It, doesn't it? It doesn't. It adds a more... It adds a, these are survival horror games. It's supposed to be a... Yeah, I guess in the past you could go into your inventory just because you're like, oh my break. god. Yeah. <sighs> and you, can, you could go into the inventory, the game would pause, and you'd go, okay, I'm in a corner of a room, there's 20 zombies on the other corner of the room, I've got a health pack, I've got a shotgun, I've you got... You have none of that this Let time. me figure this out. But no, no, you just have to survive. You have like to pick really a place where you can take five seconds to get in there to and just get what you need. heal or breathe or whatever. Um, I actually like that, because it was in Dead Space, and it really adds this uneasy... I told you when I was playing Dead Space, I felt like I was going to have a heart attack all the time. <laughs> I don't know if that... I don't necessarily 100% like that feeling all the time, because it's really stressful. I told you, I can only play like Dead Space for half an hour and then I have to move on and play a bit more later it's a bit stressful I can imagine Resident Evil 5 is going to be completely stressful but I do like what it looks like so I don't think the co-op thing sounds very good but well I do if it's they say the whole game's built around co-op and I do like playing games with one other person I actually think that's my favourite way of playing games me and a friend over Xbox Mm -hmm. Live and we both got our jobs to do and you know, I do like that. It's, it's, it's definitely a different experience to playing on your own. Because I play Dead Space on my own, because that's the only way you can play it. 
And that's a different thing than playing with a friend. I yeah, don't. I think the Resident Evil's always really scary and creepy, and with another person, you're never going to have those moments again. Unless it really overwhelms both of you. Hmm. You know, like, there's double the amount of zombies. And if you're both freaking out at the same time, then... <laughs> yeah. And screaming at each other. Um, and then another game I've been playing this week is Afro Samurai. Now, this is a bizarre game. It's based on an anime of the same name. Um, this voiced... Well, Afro Samurai has this alter ego this voice by Samuel L. Jackson and Samuel L. Jackson basically yells at you throughout the entire game like he's like your um, devil on the shoulder yeah can I be the person who's listening to this game as you play it because it's completely obnoxious yeah so obnoxious I had to get up and leave the room the other day I was like I'm not going to tell him to quit turn this down it's just really irritating well like, it's unbelievably irritating so so this week I Went and watched an episode of the anime. All right. Um, and the anime is identical to it. Now, it's the tale of Afro Samurai, who's a black guy with an afro, also a samurai, who's on a quest to find a guy with the number two headband. <laughs> so he wears a headband with the number... And he's like the greatest samurai. He's, he wants to fight this guy and claim the headband. That's It's basically a... It's not very deep so you're just fighting wave after wave of dudes and you travel in i actually really got into it i played it the other night for three or four hours and the combat's really good and samuel L. jackson's a bit annoying the art style is amazing it's it like watching nice. it's like looking at a comic book just brought to life in 3d so um it's not a buy it's not a 60 dollar game let me say that it's a rental at the best but um i, I was having fun with it and then, Just be sure to play it when your wife's not in the room. Well, yeah, because Samuel L. Jackson... at some point, I will Samuel say, Jackson, can you please put your headphones on? Samuel L. Jackson says things like, Are you going to kill these ninjas or what, you motherfucker? <laughs> he says it like that all the time. Like yes, it. and I'm, I'm not opposed <laughs> to swearing. I have, not, I have a problem with that. But when you're not watching the game or playing the game, it's like, the, it's like sporadic gunfire. If I was watching you play the game or I was playing it, wouldn't affect me at all. If I'm sitting with my back to you and I'm it's like what the fuck? Just turn it down. And that was what that was like. It was like I'm being accosted from the back of my head. You women are just sensitive. <laughs> I want to also say that Well you men have no heart. I also something. say the the music to Afro Samurai is all done by the Rizza, who is a member of the Wu Tang clan, who also did the music for Kill Bill. And it's very mm-hmm. Kill Bill inspired the music. It's kind of it's there's a lot of instrumental rap this turntables but there's like a Japanese vibe to it too and then sometimes when you're fighting a boss the RZA actually starts rapping and he's telling the story of the game but mm. in his rap and I found that to be interesting because I've never heard that done before and he's obviously a big rap star who you know Samuel L. Jackson and the RZA together in a game that must have been some feat to pull off anyway like it. <laughs> but they're apparently in the anime series too in the US version mm. which airs on Spike and that's how I saw it um, and it's definitely a spike kind of show. It's adult. Yeah. There's people getting sliced in half. It's, you know, it's crazy. Uh, so, and the other thing was that we're getting through Oscar movies. We decided to, like, watch one or two a week. We watched one this week, and that was The Reader, which is... What's her name? Kate Winslet. Titanic Lady. Kate Winslet um, movie. Well, not just a Kate Winslet movie. It's also got Ralph Fiennes. Mm-hmm. Um, who you don't normally like the fines. No, I, I I must say I really enjoyed the reader. It was um, 
enjoyable in a weird way because you don't you shouldn't enjoy like no, part of the it's story, definitely a film we shouldn't tell you anything about because it's the unfolding part of it is Correct. what makes it really good um but it's captivating it completely a friend of mine this week said oh I really want to see that because I hear Kate Winslet's naked in it now <laughs> yes she is naked in it but that's not why you should watch it no god I mean you know she's in it naked but and and it is her being naked in it does mean something but it's so much more than that oh it's, my god it's but I just no hate, offense to your friend but oh no, my god no not just you read that all over don't sure. you oh I love that movie because I hear this all the time, and this drives me nuts. Halfway through, you see a nipple. <laughs> I hear this all the time, and it drives me crazy, this one. I love that movie Swordfish, because Halle Berry gets a top off. I mean, Swordfish is horrible. It really is. Even, like, absolutely horrible. Even her, In fact, that's probably the best part. Well, even Halle Berry getting a top off doesn't do anything for the movie at all, does it? It's just horrible. Like, But people have this... I love that movie because of that, you know? That drives me mad. Are they mostly men? Or young men? I mean, I like wild things. Because it's two chicks naked? Or because you like the movie? I actually like the movie. You know what? People will just say it's bullshit because you just really like watching Nev Campbell and the other lady. Hey, I like watching naked ladies. I don't have a problem with well, either, not, but... They are naked a bit, but anyway. you People would say, no, you like wild things because those two hot ladies uh, get it on, right? But what I really like about wild things, and this from the very first time I saw it, is... I like that Louisiana swamp kind of vibe that it all has. Like I, I like that area of the world. It's, like Zandaloo um, and Big Easy. It's Those really are... interesting. And I know the movie's no masterpiece, but it has that vibe and it's all sweaty and it's... <laughs> I just like it. I mean, and Matt Dillon's in it. and You're it's... a lovely man. Do you know that? Have I told you? I that also way? like the hot lesbian scene. I also, want, I also want... On that note, I want to go on to say today is February 1st. Tomorrow is Groundhog Day. But it's also... Our ninth <laughs> wedding anniversary. You're saying as though I forgot. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm saying it as you would say, say it, oh. fill it in. But, uh, and I just think you're a lovely man. And I think being together for 10 years and married to you for nine years is, uh, it's been all right. Not bad. <laughs> I don't mind you. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you're wrong a lot about things, I can totally accept that. I mean, but yeah, um, and if, <laughs> if you were gonna. Buy a movie tomorrow on Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day yeah, is out totally. on Blu-ray. I'm going to watch it tomorrow. I think, that's I, a, I think I might actually get the Blu-ray disc while we're out and about. That's my tradition, is uh, to watch our movie. Because what better day to buy that Blu-ray disc? Then oh. on our anniversary. Yes. And the reason we picked Groundhog Days is because we were deciding when to get married. Make it on a memorable day so neither of us would ever forget. <laughs> but not Valentine's Day, because that's stupid. And uh, we both love the movie Groundhog Day. So a movie actually is part of... Yeah. Our whole wedding marriage In fact, thing. isn't that the... When we go somewhere tomorrow, and then we get Blu-ray disc of Groundhog Day, then we come back and watch yes. it on the big screen. That's what that's we should do. We'll go have Indian food, we'll get the DVD, and then we'll come... Blu-ray, and then we'll come home, and then we'll do other stuff. That's for sure. <laughs> watch movies and eat popcorn, I mean. It has been nine years. Correct. I do love you. Thank you. And you're not bad either. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I also wanted to mention, yes, it was the Super Bowl today. and Today? people get all excited to watch the Super Bowl commercials, which I absolutely have no idea why, but Super Bowl, I mean... It's you, a mystery. Listen, you're getting excited over commercials. 
<laughs> Something that I go out of my way. Oh my god, you go out of your way intensely to, skip. to avoid commercials. In I, fact, if I'm watching TV shows that I've recorded or saved, and I forget yeah. within like two seconds a commercial starts up, you'll even if you're asleep on the couch, I your will head say, pops up. Why back. are you not skipping the commercials? Yeah. I can hear like, commercials. Like you have nothing to do with it. And, you're like, and I'm like, I'm getting my finger on the button. Please, give me a second. But anyway, movie commercials are a different matter because I do like to know what movies are coming out. And when we mentioned the big movies coming out this year, two of them, they had the trailers tonight. I obviously didn't sit around watching the Super Bowl waiting for these. I went online and watched the two trailers after them. <laughs> um, the first one was Transformers 2. Oh my God, I didn't think they could uh, make... I mean, Look I'm better. a big fan of Transformers. Let's just the, lay it out there. We both loved it. We don't care what anybody And the Transformers thinks. 2 trailer. If you thought the Transformers 1 robots looked really good, I, 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 I was like, I, I had to watch it twice. You're I was making like, my heart race because I loved Transformers. I had to watch the trailer twice. I was like... We both agree. Yeah, oh, Transformers, the story and stuff. I mean, you could actually chop that part off for me because I actually was mesmerized by... Because I've never watched Transformers and I thought it was just a cool... It just looked amazing and so I'm... It is. A, if, you, if you put it on paper, Transformers, it's stupid. <laughs> of like, course. But, but the the way... I'm, and people hate Michael Bay and I do not hate Michael Bay. I like big, stupid movies. <laughs> you know, I like I like them. Um, it's titillating and exciting, and you can just move on with your life after it and still it's, have it. It's just pure entertainment. Correct. Right? It's not not made to. Get... It's not like the reader, which you also appreciate. Yeah, They're exactly. Two different worlds. But anyway, though. I watched the trailer twice for Transformers Two just then. You know, it shows you a couple of shots of, um, Mutt from yes. <laughs> what's it from Indiana Jones. Yeah, that guy, and it shows Shia you. Love both. It shows you um, the girl looking really hot again, and then it shows you. The Transformers. And um, it shows you a Transformer. Do you remember the Transformers? You know the Transformers uh-huh. from the first... Okay, so multiply the height and breadth of those Transformers by about 15 times. Nice. It shows you Transformers that are that big, where the Transformers from the first movie are this big. Are like stood little next toys to... next to yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. So I was like... Giant Transformers. Yeah, fabulous. holy crap. This is like... Um, I want to see and they were moving down the street exactly as, like they did. Like, holy crap! That just looks like one is running down the street. So yeah, I'm totally. I want excited. Transformer Armageddon. How's that? That'll be like the third in the That's, trilogy. That actually looked like what well, this is. It looked like oh my god, they're here to like crush the entire world. Like so, <laughs> um, I'm excited for that. I don't care what anybody and everybody who says they're not, they're going to go and see it anyway, probably in summer. Uh, and the other big one is it's not really a big one. It's for me is uh, Fast and the it's not the Fast and the Furious, it's just called Fast and Furious. Now, it's the fourth in the Fast and the Furious series. Vin Diesel's back, Paul Walker's back, Jordana Brewster's back, Michelle Rodriguez is back. So it's the original cast. Yeah, I'm not a Michelle Rodriguez mm-hmm. fan, but it's nice to get an original cast back. It looks absolutely stupid. i gotta, I got to say that. There's a scene in the trailer where Vin Diesel's in the car with... Jordana Brewster and he hits turbo and they go flying and there's something falling like a train or a truck and he just goes underneath it with like inches to spare right. it's like really silly but I just have a thing for You've Fast and Furious I like Tokyo Drift that's been my favorite one I so. mean sh- again I love Tokyo Drift story of, I mean I really like that one a lot uh, yeah and again Fast and the Furious movies they're kind of stupid they're kind of shallow yeah. but there's you know good car stunts there's 
See, those are the kind of movies I can watch while I'm cooking or something, even if it's my, if it's my first time and I get out of it what I need because I don't need to focus. Do you know what I mean? Right. So there are some movies like that. And, you know, Fast and the Furious, it's out in April. It'll hit before all the big summer movies do and people will forget about it by the time it's on DVD, probably. <laughs> um, but for me, it's, oh, it's fun. And another thing I wanted to mention is on the Fast and the Furious thing is uh, Universal are putting out all three in a box set the, uh, mm. on Blu-ray disc very soon. I think they're actually good ones to have because they're, they're really... Shouldn't they wait for this one? Well, no, you have to get that one separate and just have it looking silly on your shelf, don't you? <laughs> Squeeze it in. Yeah, like the new Bond. Take the DVD out and stick it in one of the other boxes. So um, that's stuff. Uh, trans- you can see those trailers for all those Super Bowl advertised movies I'll put a link in the show notes because I found a page that just listed them all and Mm. you could just click them and watch them so and what have you got this week what's for dinner homemade spaghetti sauce and spaghetti noodles (laughs) as you like for me to call them the spaghetti noodles and you're having the meat version and I'm having a vegetable version and that's it for, for dinner well I might make some toast or something with it and I'm about to make uh, another, a new installment of my own podcast, which I haven't done for about a year. And it will be, I did some like um, written interviews with just a few questions for a bunch of different artists and crafting and art people on a site that I sell some of my prints on. And uh, I'm going to run through some of their questions and stories. And that's it. I'm about to do that. I'll have it posted later. Will that be posted tonight? Or? Um, probably tomorrow because I might be in two parts because I had mm. I got more responses than I even thought and they're all really excited and you know that's kind of cool. But it'll be on SidTalk.com. That's Any, anything Sid. else you would? Well, I, I already did the thing about the anniversary. I yeah. love you. Well, cool. So <laughs> I love how you just totally <laughs> want to be such a guy. I'm trying to. That's cool. I'm that's trying cool. to move the, the show along. Come on. <laughs> So I want to say, uh, as usual, thank you for listening to the show. Thank um, you. We for appreciate to the everybody show. who listens, all the subscribers, anybody who goes on iTunes, everybody, anybody who discovers us uh, just one week and decides to carry on listening. If you're a movie fan, I'm sure there's something here that you can hopefully take in. I've often thought, you know, we only talk about one movie for like the bulk of it, whereas a lot of people you watch a lot of YouTube videos where people run through bunches of them. But I like focusing on one. I do because. Um, when I watch some of these people who just skip through different movies, I don't really get their opinion on it. Right. And they might throw it out there. Oh, this is pretty good. And, like, yeah. and that's fun to watch, too, when they go through like 20 movies in a little in one video. But I like really talking it through. Yeah, I do. Um, because, there's a, you know, I, like I know, you can tell when it's a good movie for me. Because like, like this one, I, we have a lot to say about it. Mm-hmm. And then when it's a bad movie, it's sometimes hard to think of. It is. You know, 20, 25 minutes of stuff to talk about. So, I'm sorry if we really ramble sometimes. (laughs) Um, But that probably means we didn't like the movie. So, uh, I just want to remind you about the website, sidtalk.com, ascully.com. And I also want to mention twitter.com and try and push that a little bit. Because if you're interested in movies, or just games and whatever, if you follow me on Twitter, I kind of put put stuff out there. Interesting links. Mm. Um movie trailers I might have found or, you know, stuff like that. Um, so that's twitter.com slash ascully, A-S-C-U-L-L-Y, and twitter.com slash SidTalk if you're interested in what SidTalk has to say. You, you <laughs> cover... We we don't stick to a topic on no, our no. Twitter. 
And it's, it's not just like train of thought. Yeah, right I've seen people who all they use it for is to promote their other stupid yeah. stuff. And to, occasionally, I'll put a link to something I have found. I'll that put I like. a link to the latest after the show Correct. the second it's published, which might be of interest if you normally Correct. forget that it's up there and wait until Monday. Right, exactly. You know, um, but the rest of the week, I will. Sometimes you might just say. Mm, just I'm been, having a cup of tea and I just I went a for poo. a poo and it was big. <laughs> That's what you'll say. That's what I said last night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I had to say it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Twitter.com. We mentioned it last week. Go to Twitter.com. You don't have to... Well, you have to sign up for an account, but you don't have to download anything. You no, can no. just start following people. You also have a group on Facebook. Yeah. You so can you, join the group of Ace after the show. But, you know, Twitter.com slash Scully. Click the, click the follow thing and... I'll send you some updates. I've probably three a day. I don't go overboard. I just do a few. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, Facebook dot com. This i this podcast is also available on iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace. We have an RSS feed. Or go to aschoolie dot com and click on the word podcast and listen to the show straight on the page. In fact, you don't have to click on the word podcast. It's usually in the main page. You can click on the little. But if you click podcast, you'll see all of, all them, of them in a little in a little applet that comes up. You can email feedback. Only to me at aschoolyatascoolie.com. Sidtop doesn't want anything to do with you people. Wasn't I just really nice to you? Like, super <laughs> nice, trying to get you to say you love me on the and, know, on the internet, but you won't. That's fine. And yet you still and you dig. I want to say, stay classy and I love you. Oh. <laughs> now I look like an asshole. <laughs> and I want to say... Everybody, uh, think for yourself, and if you meet the right person in your life and uh, you want to spend your life with them, you should do it. Think for yourself. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. And make sure you watch lots of movies. Unless you like something else. (laughs) 